0: This is Dave Arnold, your host of Cooking Issues, coming to you live from the heart of Manhattan at Rockefeller Center's at Newsstand Studios. Joined as usual with uh, John here in the studio. How you doing, John?
1: Doing great. Thanks.
0: Good. Got yeah. Joe. Uh, got Joe Hazen rocking the panels. What's up, Joe? Hey. How you doing? Happy New Year's, everyone. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you. Got uh, Quinn over there at our uh, in our uh, Vancouver Island headquarters. What's the name of that town? Nymo. Nymo. Yeah, Naimo. None Na- Nymo. Yeah Not Nymo. Nanaimo, Nanaimo, yeah. And uh, yes. how close is that to the ferry? In case people know Vancouver Island, is that far from the ferry? Oh, oh
2: there's the, a the ferry that goes. There's two ferries that basically go right here.
0: Oh, nice. All right. And uh, got uh, in our California wing. We got uh, Jackie Molecules. How you doing, Jack? I'm in DC today, actually, oh, so east coast in it. Well, I know someone who is west coast. <laughs> That's Nastasia the Hammer Lopez. How you doing, Stas?
3: I'm good.
0: And yeah, good. good. Happy New Year, Dan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So, Happy any New Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Yeah. Any, uh, cool. any interesting stories from when we were on our one week hiatus? Anything?
2: I will uh, very quickly say that I was in New York for a week, and thank you, John, for letting me stay at your apartment. That was very kind of you. But I had one of the uh, one of the best meals I've had in a while at a place called Zob Zob in Woodside. Hundred hundred like Isan-style uh, Thai place. Um, so anybody in New York, if you're into that kind of thing, definitely go check that out.
0: But what if, if if they're not into things that are delicious, and they should not check it out.
1: Well, you know, Isan Thai. It's like some people are spice averse. You know, Yeah, 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 not for everyone.
0: Yeah, yeah. All right. What else we got? What else we got going uh, for the break? What happened? Anyone do anything? What's what's gone? I went to. I made.
2: Go ahead.
1: No, it's all good. I went to a hoity toity country club in Western Pennsylvania and really old school service that was awesome to see. You know, women. Have their orders taken first. You know, the only pe- person who sees the prices, you know, on the menu is, like, the lead member, you know, so it doesn't have to, like, affect anyone's mind about what they're going to order at this already expensive place. Right. Um, you know, everything presented from the left, cleared from the right. You know, like, silverware out the wazoo, you know, for, like, wetting your fingers in with a slice of lemon and all that stuff. And uh-huh. it was just, like, really uh-huh. fun to, to see.
0: Was it, the, was it the place that did the fish house punch? Punch?
1: I don't think so. Well,
0: if it was, you would have had it and you would have known.
1: Yeah, they had their things like Chippewa soup. If you've huh? heard of that? It was like some no. curried thing. It was no. really nice. And so you could get that soup hot or cold. If you got it cold, it came in a little porcelain bowl that was like suspended in a larger silver kind of thing, you know, and sitting in the bed of ice to keep it nice and chilled. Did you say so, both? Both. Both. No, I got it hot.
0: You got right, it hot. Yeah. Did someone else at the table get it cold? Yes. All right. Yeah. And which did you? Since you, I'm assuming you tasted I both. Did, yeah, preferred hot. You preferred hot. Yeah. So you ordered it correctly. Yeah. I, I love so it when you, me, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> when you order correctly. It yeah. When you order incorrectly, it's so sad. You know, I'm not going to out anyone I know, but there are some people who have the skill of always ordering poorly. And when you go out to restaurants with people who you know are going to order poorly, Nastasia hates the way I order. True or false? Does?
3: Yeah, I really hate it. Yeah. Hate it. Wow!
0: Yeah, you want to tell them what I do?
2: You wait till you don't say what you want to anyone at the table, and you wait till everyone is done ordering, and then you say what you
0: want. Yeah, it's really okay. weird. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's a hundred percent accurate. So, like, like if that's triggering to you, don't go out to dinner with me because it's like uh, I mean, you know, not that I go out that often, but uh, yeah, yeah. I don't know why. First of all, I hate. Choosing at all, so like I kind of wait until the last minute, and then I kind of make a snap decision. And I kind of wait to see if the server is going to say anything about any dishes on the on the way. Uh-huh. Like if someone says, "I'm going to get the steak frite," and I look at the server as, as the as you know the, my fellow diners is saying that, look at their face. Like the server sometimes will do this a little bit, of, eh, little, eh, eh, mm-hmm. you know, with their face. Yep, and I'm like, oh, I'm not going to get the steak frite. I'm sure. I'm sure it sucks. Uh-huh. I'm looking at their face, yeah. you know what I mean or but i don't make a decision based on like if everyone around orders the same thing sometimes i'll be like fine i'll just do the same thing just so i don't have to think about it mm-hmm. but i'm not the kind of person that i feel like i need to equalize what the table is getting cuz i don't care i'm like i'm not going to ask for wow. your food yeah. I don't need your food. I'm going to want my food. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't yeah, yeah. Share. Bing. You're not a yeah.
1: collaborative order. No. Wow.
0: no, no, no. I'm not and, either. And in situations where it is that kind of a thing, where the whole table is going to share, I desire zero input. I don't want it. I don't want there to be any issues. I don't want to like. I don't want to be like oh, the one you chose. Wow. You know what I mean? I'm just like you choose everything because I hate choice. You know what I mean? And I can eat almost. Any. Now that I'm not allergic to cherries anymore, I can eat. Literally, anything that I'm willing to eat. You know what I'm saying? Like I won't eat monkey probably. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, fair enough.
2: Again. No, Stas. I think me and are similar in how we order.
0: How's that? Yeah, yeah. for
3: sure.
1: Yeah. Yeah. How would you talk what? about it? Oh, yeah. 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 I like collaborative orders. But why? And then you can yeah. taste more things. And oh. You taste more things generally. Okay. Have a bigger appetite.
0: Yeah. Well. Yeah. yeah. Also it's like I don't know. The problem with sharing dishes for me and Stas also hates this about me, right? Is that <laughs> I, I eat preposterously quickly. Like so quickly. <clears throat> you know what I mean? My natural eating speed is is extremely fast. Uh, I'm not a competitive eater or anything, but I eat very quickly. So when everything is yeah, shared, but
3: don't you think when you're like that's part of eating and having dining
2: experiences is also dining at the speed of the people around you and talking to them and talking about where you're like that's all part of it. It's not just sustenance to get the food in your body.
0: Well that's, that's how what you it see seems it like you do. That's how you see it.
3: Okay. Like
0: I, I I don't enjoy eating slowly in the same way that I don't enjoy walking slowly. Like I'm walking down the street today, it's raining, I'm wet, I'm trying to get to the radio station every eight a. Every person with their umbrella out, sauntering about the freaking city, poking me in the eye with their umbrella, I'm like, get out, get out of my get out of my city, get out. You know what I mean? It's like it's the same thing with eating. It's like I don't enjoy eating slowly, so why would I? I have to forcibly slow myself down and then I don't enjoy what I'm eating. You know? For me. I'm not saying you should eat that way, obviously. But Nastasia got so bent that the classic is Jiro. The classic is Jiro where she blamed me. For how fast that damn meal was, correct or not correct?
2: Well, we well no, that's how that goes, right? I mean, that's how that. No, 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 no. But they pace, they pace the omakase, the like the doling out of the fish pieces on the person that's eating the fastest in your group. Uh, who, it so, says, says who? Well, he was look. Anytime you finished, then he started recutting, cutting like the new pieces for all of us.
0: I don't know. We, you know what? We don't. Ha- we didn't have the money to do a side by side, but you know, of like, <laughs> we, we, like I'm not going to touch my fish until Nastasia's done with her fish. We, 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 like, if we had, we could do a side by side and time them. You know, like the dad in uh, well, like mean, Christmas Mark, story.
2: Time me. Mark Ladner was. Mark Ladner was there too, and he was like, "What the? F-?
0: Sorry, uh, like." Well yeah. let's let's not also forget Sorry, that the, that the man had gotten like serious food poisoning and he kept on having to run out to the subway track, uh, track set on spray to uh, you know be able to make it back and finish his intensely overcooked hammered like freaking pasty squillamantis sushi piece but I don't know I don't know that that's the case I mean it's I mean, we need to run the side by side you know what i'm saying
1: that's all. Or go on a trip to Japan. Easy.
0: Anyway, but like if I had sat there just staring at the plate until nastasio was done, which is what I would have to do to eat that slowly and enjoy myself. And Mark, let's, let's remind that two people, Mark and me. Mark was just just worried about his butt at that point. He wasn't saying anything to anybody. He was like, let me keep my insides inside of my body. he wasn't, I. He wasn't. He wasn't.
2: He wasn't.
0: The only one talking smack that I remember is you. You're the only one I remember talking smack at that time. But my point is, is that, like, let's say I just sat there and waited for you to be done with two and three quarters of each dish. And then housed the ones that I had in the speed that I normally like to eat which is about correct for speeds for me right I think he would have reached across and slapped me for like sitting there and waiting to eat it who Jiro yeah I mean I oh. could probably take a slap from him he okay. was 80 what was he 88 or whatever I could take it I could take it famous yeah, last words. That. what ta- wait, the famous last <laughs> words I could take a slap nah, nah probably true probably true uh, what, about, what about you, Nastassi? Any good New Year's uh, stuff? Or, or
3: Christmas? Um, no, nothing Nothing too
0: exciting. Yeah. I made my... I didn't make it yeah. for Christmas, uh, but uh, for New Year's, I made my Christmas pudding that I make every year. I love Christmas pudding. If It's a... It's a It's the only recipe that I reliably make from a cookbook, from Gourmet's Best Desserts, which came out, I think, in, like, 1988 or 89 or something like this. And my mom got me a copy in the 90s when it was already, like, well out of print. And it's, like, breadcrumbs and cranberries and sugar and eggs, and you steam it. I have a pudding mold that I've been using for about 25 years, like one of those old, like, tinned pudding molds that Mm -hmm. you, like, boil for hours just like you're in a Dickens freaking book. And, uh, yeah, it was delicious. I light it on fire. I make a hard sauce. The only thing I changed this year, I made everything ahead of time, brought it with me to Vermont, because I was in Vermont. Mm. And I realized that hard, you you know, hard sauce, English hard sauce? No. It's like cream butter and sugar, and it's called hard because it... It's like got a lot of butter in it. I don't yeah. know why. They, I frankly I don't know why they call it hard sauce because it's not physically like you're not like tapity tap tap tap, okay. right? And uh, but it's basically cream syrup with butter mixed into it, and it holds really well. So that's the only thing I changed. I changed it to be more like you know my cocktail recipe for cream syrup. I added more because it's cream sugar and then. Lemon juice to acidify it. It doesn't have that much lemon juice in the original, but from what I know about cream syrups, if you have enough sugar in to stabilize it, you micro break it with the lemon. So I amped the lemon a lot in the hard sauce so that it would be kind of tart, not just be overly sweet, but be kind of tart. Mm-hmm. I think it was a good, uh, good move. Good move. Good addition. Yeah, yeah. If you're gonna make a steam pudding, people, and you don't want it to be too hard, you know what I'm saying? You don't want it to be like like a baseball. Let it cool a bit before you unmold it. Uh, one year, uh, fifteen years ago or something like this, I took it out and I and I had it finishing right when it was done, and I unmolded it too hot, and it went, boom, and just like turned into like a pudding sludge. It didn't hold the the bunt like mold shape of the pudding mold. But yeah, yeah. also. One more tip for steaming. If you have a pressure cooker, pressure cookers are great for these kinds of puddings. Don't seal it but just like close the lid so that it's almost sealed so that you get very little evaporation and that way you don't have to add too much water. If you don't have to add too much water to it, you don't have to worry about water getting into the pudding mold. You don't have to do all that old BS that they used to do in Dickensian days where you would dip, dip your towel in flour and tie it around the thing and then boil it and then have this nasty boiled flour towel to deal with afterwards. But, oh, speaking of England,
3: did you get to Gojo? No, we never made it. Oh, God. Because of the storm? No, not because of the storm. The storm was, like, literally right behind us. Um, there were brake problems on the airplane. So they, uh, yeah, they basically kicked us off the plane, promised another plane that night. And um, then uh, we stayed there for like three hours at the airport trying to get our luggage off with the car seat and the stroller. That never happened. That sucks. And uh, we took a limo home. I mean... That was the only car that would take us home without a car seat. Oh, my God. Yeah. And we decided, no, this is not meant to be. Let's stay home. So we stayed home. That's. I mean, like, I hope you had a good time at home, but that still sucks real hard. Yeah, it did. I mean, honestly, I love my my in-laws. Um... I was kind of happy we didn't go. Sorry if you're listening. <laughs> um, just because of the rigmarole? Just because of the Just whole... because the whole, I mean, like getting to the airport, I mean, we did ha- all this work just to get there and then find, and, you know, the little boy was trying to go to sleep and just the guy kept, the pilot kept him coming on the, onto the intercom and waking him up. And we're like, oh my God, this is not going to happen. Let's just get off the plane. And then finally, they allowed us off the plane. So how long were you on the
0: freaking tarmac? Two and a half hours. Like half of what the almost half of what the freaking flight would have been. Exactly.
3: Oh, that sucks real bad. Yeah. Oh my god, that sucks. We changed him right there in the seat, and I mean, he like it was awesome. Yeah. Well, you know, we were that couple. Nothing more
0: fun. Than, you know what though? People need to. People need to. Whatever. What are you supposed to do? Uh, I know. You know what are you supposed to do? People need to not not worry about that.
3: Yeah. We're no one. Everyone was cool. He was making friends with everyone. Cool. Uh so I was in
0: Vermont for the for the New Year's, right? Oh I visited uh, visited Maromi. Over the right on Christmas I Eve, saw. I was in Maromi. Yeah, yeah I got was, to see. Do that day. Got to see where the magic was made. Yeah, but I, I didn't. Know. But you know, I didn't. Yeah, didn't yeah. want to invite me. I see how it is. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> it was Wiley. Wiley <laughs> no, my brother in law Wiley got the invite, and we went over to, uh, to you know, to Moromi to see them make all the. But I've never tasted soy sauce directly out of the vat before they do all the straining. All it, and I have to say, super fun. About it's super I fun. And uh maybe I'll post one of the pictures or something, but I feel like Wiley already posted all the stuff, Good but idea. Um yeah so they have all of these like throwaway tasting spoons and you just go right in and taste it so you can see where the press is where they make the lees I got to taste the dehydrated stuff but it's just really fun tasting at different points in the fermentation like this is a couple of weeks old this is you know ready to bottle yeah. uh you know all the different varieties the different kind of mushrooms and stuff really nice fun and he, they said that they were doing they did a bunch of blind taste cuz they have a bunch of wooden barrels that they're aging in and mm-hmm. a bunch of plastic barrels and they said in a blind taste they preferred as a team, they preferred the, uh, the plastic okay. barrels. Interesting, right? Yeah. I thought it was interesting. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, but for New Year's, I was in Vermont, went cross country skiing for the first time since 1987, right? Fun. Uh, that's where I made the pudding. But that's not what's important. We were in a place called Craftsbury, which is in some location in Vermont called the Great Northeast Kingdom or something like that, they call it, or the Northeast Kingdom. I think it's between two mountain ranges. I don't really know much about it. I'm there. And I get these carrots, and I brought oh, some of these carrots. That's what these carrots. Are. So these are these are un these are unpeeled, unpeeled, washed. Right, I love these carrots. This guy Pete's Greens in Craftsbury, Vermont, grows these carrots, and I just think they're a very high quality carrot. I got so many of these carrots. These are bear in mind. These are unpeeled, just washed, snappy crunch. Right, really, sna- really snappy. Not woody at all in the center. Right, I mean, and I so I, so. Pete's Greens, Crassberry, Vermont. I get a metric ton of these carrots. Right, I have a, my fridge is basically just carrots now. Right, I'm going to turn orange from all the beta carotene I'm, I'm consuming. Being John Malkovich, does he do that? In Be- I don't remember. It's been so long since I No, I've it's the, uh, the guy who's uh, who's always eating the car- drinking the carrot juice. You, you really do turn orange if you if you eat too many carrots. It's like a known it's a known thingamajig. Uh, yeah so, I, so I, I say to the guy uh, oh my god the name of the variety just went uh, a Bolero is the name of the variety of carrot and so I said what variety yeah Bolero my ma used to grow them like when I was a kid in the garden Bolero I'm like he's like they probably changed over the years because you know they improve stuff I was like Pete that's actually his name there's a guy named Pete if you want to picture like who he is like think about like a mid-40s Michael Keaton similar affect similar look you know what I mean, but farmer instead of actor, right? Got it. Yeah, and so I'm like, Pete, why are they so? Why are your carrots so good? Because I think these are a very high quality carrot. They're yeah. not doing anything. It's a delicious carrot. I'm not, I'm not just blowing smoke. that's a delicious carrot. And uh, he goes, I don't know. He's like, I don't know. I don't know. He's like some places in England will do. He says if I could if I could figure out a way to economically do it, something they do in some places in uh, in Europe. I think Holland. He said you know, which is kind of like an industrial vegetable area, Holland, right? Like the hot house tomatoes. He said that what they do is they keep the carrots in the ground all winter, and they get preposterously sweet. And they mm-hmm. add like a boat ton of mulch on top so that they don't physically freeze he's like parsnips can physically freeze and come back and be okay you can leave them in the ground he said but if the carrots actually freeze they're kind of done Mm -hmm. and he's like if we knew we were going to have a big enough snow cover right i could put like a foot of mulch over the carrots and then like the snow would take up the rest and the carrots would never freeze and he says i could get these like even like more ridiculous carrots he's like but we can't guarantee the snow cover and you know i can't put like Ten feet of mulch, in that's like yeah. too much mulch. You know what I mean? Anyway, I thought it was an interesting little <laughs> side. Hope you enjoyed your carrots. It's tasty carrot, yeah. Pete's greens, Pete's, Pete's greens, Pete's greens. He has also. It's funny. He sells these sacks that are called like legitimate baby carrots that are just unpeeled carrots. They're small. That he has washed in in bags. I don't know if he ships out of the area, out of Crassberry, but you can get them at all the local, you know, general stores and whatnot there. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. yeah. Good find. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. See, I yep. find something, I bring it to you guys, not to you other fools who don't come here in person. I'm just messing with you, yeah. <laughs> just messing. Yeah. With you. All right. Uh, anything else before we get into the questions? Oh, John didn't promote the. Uh, paid, I made picture. lasagna. Oh, you, oh, what you go go oh. go. oh yeah, you didn't tell me what, what you did. Yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah. I made uh, we did lasagna for Christmas. Homemade ragu, bechamel. Homemade fresh, you know, pasta sheets. Uh, busted open into a lamb prosciutto I made. How was it? That turned out pretty good. Yeah? Yeah? How old is it? Delicious.
0: How big is it?
2: Uh, uh, It was about three kilos at the beginning.
0: So 6.6 pounds. What was it at the end?
2: Yeah. Uh, I forget. It was like... 30% weight loss.
0: Okay. So... But how long does that take? Because it's much smaller than a ham, so I'm guessing it was only like a four four to five month problem, or did you cover it in oil and let it go Uh, for a long time? No, it was about seven months. Seven months? Yeah. All right. And it tasted good? You got your salt levels right? You enjoyed it? Very, very, yeah, very lamby, but they're good. Yeah. Lamby. Lamby. Uh, Nastasi, were you triggered by the fresh pasta reference?
2: No, I'm no, it's fine. Right, fine. fine. Quinn is the Amazon whisperer. He can do whatever he wants. He can do whatever with, uh, he wants. Uh,
0: oh, <laughs> yeah. You know what? Was That was your New Year's resolution to be more flexible on stuff like that, Stas? Because I'm feeling like a whole new nostalgia. No, 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 no. Wow. Quinn. Yeah. yeah. Next he week took care of another. Quinn.
2: He's gonna make biscuits next week just for Nastasia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Biscuits yeah. and French
0: fries. Yeah. yeah, she's gonna love it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And mail it to her. Can you imagine anything more disgusting than someone mailing you French fries and biscuits? No. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we could do it oh, n- like uh, Nastasia's family style, where it's like it's French fries and biscuits wrapped in wet newspaper and shipped via ground. Right? That would be the that would be the yeah, full yeah. money. Yeah. 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 Uh, although Nastasia had one of my dreams, she sent me a picture of it. She didn't tell me how it tasted. She had the uh, freaking French fry juice, the French fry, the, the the French fry vodka, right?
2: Oh, I didn't have it. I didn't oh. have it. I saw it
3: online. Yeah, I was just like, oh,
0: you've ah. that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so speaking of triggering and pasta, visited Joel Gargano's uh, place in Old sabre, Very nice pasta. place, for, right? Yeah, yeah. His giant pot, well, giant for. A human yeah. pasta machine. Small for Anastasia-style love of pasta machine. But, yeah, yeah big old pasta machine. Yeah, it's really cool to see. And what's funny is is that uh, his store in, in Old Saybrook used to be a clothing store. So the stairwell right. down to the prep area right. downstairs is like a stairwell from a clothing store. That's yeah, huge. So, like, you're walking behind there and you feel like you're back of house at a kitchen. And then you show up in this, like, clothing store stairwell and you're like... What the hell is this? Like, so like all the this space? Too, yeah. Oh, that really—that's where yeah, the bathrooms are. There. Even for normal humans. Yeah. And get this—you know the annuletti, the little the cookies, the dry cookies. His mom made them because they even had the little sprinkles on top and all that. His mom made them—the actual ones he sold in the store. Oh, nice. His mom showed up, made them delicious, and I, I had his uh, I had his pasta. I forget which one. Uh. I, uh I had which one of the shapes that I... But it was, it was good. It was yeah. really good,
1: yeah. I had the Amatriciana and whatever squash capoletti stuff he had going on yeah. at the time, yeah. I Very think
0: good. he said he uses... Uh, I forget whether he uses Glen. I forget what weed he uses. But uh, it was good. So, okay, there into the trigger and stuff so you can unearmuff yourself. You can unearmuff. Uh Okay. All right, all right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Xander writes in... We, we talked a little bit about this question uh, beforehand, and I was just told on, uh, right before the program, that there's uh, some sort of discourse discourse uh discord discourse about uh this but i'll give my two cents uh hey everybody uh and uh also zoe so it's Xander and zoe are the two people who are interested in this problem the problem is going to revolve around a williams sonoma hot fudge sauce we already read the question before so i'm not going to read it again the question is they love this williams and sonoma hot fudge sauce right and then they used a new york times recipe to try to mimic the hot fudge sauce, but they weren't happy with the results, right? Now, they didn't say exactly why they weren't happy with the results, but then I, I followed up with them on Twitter, and Zoe said that the Williams-Sonoma sauce is both smoother and less thick, spoons nicely from the jar, right? And then, But it sets up on the cream, all right? Mm. With me? All right. Uh, and then here are the ingredients that are in the Williams and Sonoma one. The ingredients in the williams Sonoma are cream, right? Brown sugar, sugar, butter, cocoa, right? Chocolate liquor, uh, and uh, basically chocolate liquor and cocoa, basically cocoa powder and chocolate, right? Uh, and vanilla, and that's it. But here. Is And the New York Times recipe is fairly similar. So the question is, why didn't it come out? First of all, one of the big things is the ratio of chocolate to cocoa powder is one thing to to mess with. But what they don't tell you in the Williams and Sonoma recipe is that they just want to have the word sugar there, right? Brown sugar and sugar. They don't tell you what they did to that sugar. I am willing to bet— A large, not a large. I would bet a small amount of money or a couple rounds of drinks on the fact that Williams and Williams Sonoma, right, inverted some of that sugar, right, in the processing of it. They inverted some of that sugar to prevent crystallization, right? Because my guess is that if you want to get a, a consistent sauce that isn't going to get kind of grainy over time, especially if you want to jack the solids to be able to control the texture of it more. You're going to have to add some corn syrup, and or invert the sugar yourself. Because the, the advantage of corn syrup is you get high solids, but it doesn't crystallize, right? So you're trying to jack the solids and not crystallize. The other thing is that uh, in the in in the New York Times recipe, right? They just bring it to a quick uh, a quick boil, basically. The ingredients and not so they're kind of set with. Like whatever liquid you showed up with is the liquid you, you end with. I looked at a, a different recipe from um, uh, what's it called? Her her name is Jenny Field and she has a, I don't know what, I don't know her, right? I'm not like but her uh, whatever her website is pastrychefonline.com. So she must have been there for a long time. If you get pastrychefonline.com, right? You know it's no clownpeen dot dot whatever. You know what I mean? Remember remember that old Saturday Night Live thing? Where Will, so it's, I remember it was Will Ferrell, I forget who else. Do you remember Stas, Who else is in that one?
3: No, I don't remember.
0: So it's a, it, no. this is a direct quote. Remember, this is like, Will Ferrell was on Saturday Night Live, what, like 15 years ago? Something like that? More? Yeah. So, anyway, yeah. So, whenever he was like going great guns on that, so this is a long time ago when there were still plenty of names on the internet. The joke was is that all of the URLs had been taken already. Right, that was the that was the the kernel of the of the humor, and so this very kind of fancy law firm's website URL that they had to say over and over in the fake ad was www.clownpenis.fart. fart. That was their their URLs. Like, that's the only thing that's left was that URL. And so like, whenever someone has a you know a URL, that's the mm-hmm. only URL I yeah. think of. Obviously, <laughs> duh. So anyway, so uh, what she does. Is she takes her cream, she takes uh, her sugar, right? And then she adds a bunch of corn syrup to it, right? uh, And then adds milk. So she's adding liquid because what she does, and here's another step in flavor building, she then boils that whole megillah down, right? uh, Until it reaches somewhere, she says you can adjust it depending on how thick you want the finished thing, between 225 and 235 Fahrenheit, basically takes it to just below kind of a softball stage. And that browns the milk solids that are in it. Right And evaporates the extra liquid, so she has a lot of extra liquid in there, right, but she 's cooking it for a long time to add that extra little bit of flavor. She says she cooks it for like twenty minutes or something like this, right, boiling it uh, then adds, and she has inverted the ratio of chocolate to cocoa powder because a she has high solids already, and she wants that cocoa fat in there, because that's what 's going to give it that setting texture when it hits on the chocolate when it hits on the ice cream it 's going to set harder the more of uh, cocoa. Uh, Butter is in there It's going to set harder On the uh, thing So she has A higher proportion Of chocolate And a lower proportion of cocoa powder. Uh, She also adds a little rum and water. So she makes a paste with the cocoa powder, rum and water, uh, and then uh, throws that in and just brings it back up to re-dissolve it after she does her 20-minute kind of uh, milk solids caramelization boil. So that's what she does. You can check her out on uh, Pastry Chef Online. Again, I've not made her recipe, but that's her suggestion for how to get a better thing. And you wouldn't know how long they had done any of that stuff in the Williams-Sonoma. So is this a good answer? Have I answered this? Yeah. And then Quinn, did you want to add anything from the Discord that I didn't read?
2: Yeah, again, the uh, another Discord member, uh, Serena, basically broke down the actual nutrition information with the listed ingredients, and another big sort of headline for the difference was not enough sugar and fat. In in the New York Times, in the history. homemade version.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and when I uh, – so in case you do go to Pastry Chef online and check out Jenny Field's uh, recipe, when I was looking at the solids, it, you, can, you can't ca- calculate the solids directly because she boils it for such a long time, right? And so she's mm-hmm. – you know taking you have to calculate the solids based on the temperature she's cooking. In candy, it's very complicated, but usually when I'm um, calculating how much solids are in corn syrup, I peg it at around 70 percent, mm-hmm. just in case you were wondering when I calculate something, what I do. That's what I do. But Serena knows what she's talking about. She did a lot of... Can- if it's the Serena I'm thinking of, she did a lot of candy development. And, uh, you know, she knows what she's talking yeah. about. So I would listen to what she I says. I
2: also wonder, uh, industrially, I wonder if they hit the cocoa powder with some amylase to make it less gritty. Because I know that's a thing for certain chocolate syrups.
0: Well, why would an a- I mean, like... A- is there a lot of starch? Is there a lot of starch in cocoa powder? I don't know. I haven't really researched. Yeah. It. All right. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Uh, Christian Sacco writes in. Uh, hey, Dave. Uh, I recall you mentioning that you like to keep an abundance. I do like to keep an abundance (laughs) of coriander seed at home because you love cooking with it. Uh, It's the best. was wondering if you could share some of your favorite uses. Also, I find the flavor of ground coriander sort of gets lost in long cooking processes. Any similar experience uh, slash techniques uh, to help? Uh, Huh. I use coriander both raw and cooked. Usually when I'm cooking with the coriander, it kind of goes in with the sweating phase the nice thing about coriander is it can be very different like uh back when i was at the french culinary i used to sneak into the they hated me in the storeroom stas remember how much they hated me in the storeroom
3: oh yeah they hated
0: you oh like big you, time yep yeah mm-hmm. yeah yeah Hated. they're like why can't you know in advance everything you're gonna do and i'm like it's because I want to do a good job. That's why. You know what I mean? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I want to do a good job, and the the, the conditions might be changing, right? John, you know what I'm talking about. You're not going to. He's not yeah. cosigning this. So, I mean, a little bit, but you have to plan too. I planned anyway. Doesn't so, like, like so I would go into the storeroom and I would crack all of the corianders and smell them because they were radically different, right? Like more citrusy, less citrusy. I like a citrusy. I like a nice citrusy coriander, right? And they're like, "What are you doing?" I'm like. I'm seeing which one of these ones isn't BS because I know nobody else in this building cares. You know what I mean? And so, like, you know, if I'm the only guy that cares about the quality of the coriander, I'm going to pick the coriander I want. Is that wrong? Is that wrong of me? No. So, on the other hand, Booker, when I buy pretzels, he sifts through all of the pretzels and takes only the ones that have the salt on them. And I'm like, you're ruining the rest of the pretzels. (laughs) I was like, you need to take the pretzel that you get. The pretzel you get is the pretzel you eat. You don't sift through the pretzels in the same way that you don't reach your hand into the cereal box. Kids, we know when you've reached your hand into the cereal box because it never flattens out again. It stays bulged on the sides once you've done that. Every adult knows you've done it.
3: Has Booker tried the gluten-free pretzels yet? No, they ain't good. Amazing. Really? Dude, they are the snappiest things in the world. Who makes them?
0: Um, Schneider's. Schneiders makes a gluten free pretzel. Gluten free pretzel is dynamite, and you cosign on the gluten free pretzel. Oh, uh, cosign! All right, I will try it. The thing that Schneiders, when I was growing up, Schneiders pretzel was the pretzel of note, right? And th- th- that you could buy Commer- like th- other brands like Ouija, Uts, even Bachman. You couldn't get those as much when I was a kid in the seventies in the New York area. Schneiders was the one you could get in the New York area. Hard pretzel, okay. Hey. I'm not anti soft pretzel people. It's just not my my family. That's not what my family does. Anyway. Schneider's is interesting because they're the only ones that use the smaller clear salt on their hard pretzels. Like most of the other people use the, the either the bigger white squares or some people use large white flake, right? Or mm-hmm. chunks. Um, something happened to Schneider in the 80s or 90s and they are, their house style went to being slightly, what I would say, stale. I still like them, but they have a slight... Not stale, cardboardy, but just the texture of them is different from, like, oh, I don't know, other people. Now now that I live in New York City and I have access to Martin's, that's my now, because I love Martin's. Martin's are ridiculous. Martin's uses Snavely's soft wheat flour. Um, I'm interested in tasting these. I want to look at the recipe that they use and taste them and see how they are. They're nice and dark. They have the pretzel
3: taste. Definitely have the pretzel taste. I need are the- they twisted? Uh, the twists I can't remember. Mm. We do the knots. Okay. The knots. A knot, a knot is not as better than a stick. Yeah, yeah. No, we don't do the sticks. But I just remember sticks they, an abomination. They're, they're, they're almost a little too hard. You got to. I leave the bag open for at least an hour. Huh? Just to get aeration because like the almost the gluten free is just a little too hard. Huh?
0: I'm gonna try it if I can find snap. it. But they snap.
3: I'm like, whoa. Right.
0: I, I will. I will take a look at them and then we can come back next time after I get them and we will discuss. Yeah. We will discuss. I have certain things that kind of like you know how N- like Nastasia has things that trigger. Obviously, I have I obviously have things that trigger me. Oh. So one of the things that uh, when people aren't using in gluten now, if you're not using a soft flour for it, right, the pretzels end up being really hard. With like a, if you use like a bread flour or like a you know a, a kind of standard like a, even an AP at the at the. At the ratios that they're used and to get the, the kind of right internal look, they can be quite hard, which is why people, I think, add fat to their pretzels. So Bachman adds like a good bit of fat to their pretzels and it shortens them, makes them kind of shatter a little more. I don't – I'm not saying that that it's evil. What I'm saying is, is that I don't like that because to me it makes it more crackery and less like the pretzel that I want. The pretzel I want is made with – when it has gluten, is made with soft wheat flour. But I'm gonna try this, this uh, gluten uh, free Schneiders. Yeah, I've eaten yep. so many pounds of Schneiders over my life. I used to, man, my snacking habits were so gross back in the day. I would use like uh, the sharpest of the supermarket cheddars you could get in the old days, pretzels, sardines, canned in oil, skinless, boneless, and boursin. And I would scoop up the boursin with the pretzel then put the sardine on, and then the, 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 the cheddar, and cheddar over the top. And also I did that with breadsticks. Because breadsticks, <laughs> sesame breadsticks. What? Is there anyone on earth who doesn't like sesame breadsticks as long as you can consume sesame seeds? I mean, if, if someone hands you a breadstick and it doesn't have sesame on it, and one that does have sesame on it, would you ever be like, give me the one with no sesame? Ever? No. 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 No, no. you would not. No. Oh, one more thing that triggers me. When I go... To a, a restaurant. It's never a restaurant. It's always like an event. It's always like like a wedding or like some sort of something like this. And they get the... Th- I like those thin, tiny, thin breadsticks. What are those things called? The super thin breadsticks? You know what I'm talking about? Stars. you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, they're real long. They they almost look like a yeah, conductor's wand. Yeah, I forget wand. the They look
3: like, 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 like a, a very thin baguette.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I mean, they're fine. They're fine. Yeah, I good. They're fine. But then they wrap the prosciutto around it as though the prosciutto doesn't still have liquid in it. Right? And then they get <laughs> soggy. Ooh. And then they've been sitting there because you know those were made, like, in a previous life. Like, those were made, like, a thousand years ago and then, like, left in that cup. I hate it. I always unwind the prosciutto, eat the prosciutto, and throw away the, the soggy stick. You know what I mean? That was my nickname in high school, Soggy Stick. Anyway, (laughs) so what do I use? What do I use the coriander in? Uh, So I I always grind fresh. Uh, I I use a mortar and pestle unless I'm doing like a lot of grinding, and sometimes I'll grind in in the in the Vita Prep with other stuff. Uh, Anytime I'm. A lot of dishes, I'll add it when I'm sautéing the onions. So I'll be sweating the onions out, and then I'll add coriander, which also usually I'm also adding cumin, because to me, coriander and cumin together are like like one of those like godly mixes, right? Uh, I add coriander and cumin to, I know I shouldn't, I add it to uh, guacamole. Yeah, and it's not traditional, but it tastes good. You know what I mean? Yep. Uh, but, you know, I good. unlike someone who shall remain nameless, but it's Nastasia Lopez and uh, Piper, uh, uh, you know, Piper used to make uh, chili with no coriander. I don't know. Maybe you used coriander, but he didn't use cumin. So, like, any oh, sort oh, of chili. Yeah, so I know. Chili. It's not chili. Correct. Like, you need coriander and cumin for that, right? Uh, shaksuka. Coriander, you know what I mean? And cumin. Uh, But do I ever use just coriander without the cumin? Yeah, I mean, I make the coriander syrup. That's kind of delicious. Uh, But most of the time, when I'm using coriander, I'm also using cumin just because I like cumin so much. I think it was one of you. One of you has a thing against cumin. I forget which one it is, Stas. Do you remember? Is it you? No. It must have been Piper. Had something against cumin because. Without the human, I don't know, man. I don't know. I just don't know. But uh, is that a good enough answer on coriander? I think it probably a lot of things change their flavor over time, and so like <laughs> if you're losing those kind of citrus notes off of the coriander over time, um, I would. Coriander is also good on grilled meats. Delicious Get it in salad,
1: salad cool. dressings, too. Yeah, If you. Uh, came it, to temperance, there's a salad yeah. that has a dressing on it there. So,
0: like, uh, like, uh, what? Oh, wow. A.I.L. You're such a <laughs> son of a gun, dude. So, I tried to go, and you're like, my restaurant's I know, I closed know. between the Christmas <laughs> and the New Year's. What? I got to have a day off, too. I deserve a day off, too. So, you said to me, I'm like, okay, man. Jeez. Uh, uh but like another trick you can do is uh if spices have base notes cuz coriander definitely has base note but also has high notes that might flash off during long cooking is uh, a double dose so you put in your base note stuff at the beginning and then add a little bit uh at the end to um kind of brighten it right so i do that a lot like with black pepper if i'm going to put black pepper into a dish early i'll put i'll put some of the black pepper in early but then i'll always grind fresh at the end, I'll, I'll divvy it up. And so you could do the same thing with uh, coriander because there's something about putting the coriander in at the onion, sweating, st- at the allium, whatever allium of choice is, stage of cooking where, you know, that it changes the flavor in a really nice way. So, you know, I would do it in a two-step thing. Is that a better answer? Yeah.
1: Okay. All right. I will say if you have access to burlap and barrel, they have really great... Uh, coriander. Yeah? Yeah. Really, really delicious. Super fragrant, really citrusy,
0: really aromatic. How's, have you tried their uh, their bay leaf? Well, the bois de peace has a beautiful bay leaf. I have not tried their bay leaf. The bois de peace bay leaf is on point. Yeah. Real good. If if, you, if one if, if anyone can we hear have? me who's anti bay leaf, go get the bois de peace bay leaf and tell me that it doesn't have flavor. What were you saying, Quinn? I
2: was just saying we have a, a, a fresh question from the Discord. Okay. How sealed are Kuhn Recon pressure cookers? After they cool off, I left stock out last night and didn't open it.
0: You are a Should bad person. It? No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Let's hang uh, <laughs> How sealed are they? I mean, I mean, I would, uh, I would just reboil it and eat it at that point. It's sealed. It has been opened. I mean, yeah, it, it's not a hundred percent sealed, right? Uh, But um, because – so the the Kuhn Recon has like a number of different uh, – there's no gravity-fed stuff that's going to get it. The the short answer is I doubt – it's very unlikely you're going to get enough stuff in there to cause a problem. And if you were on second ring cooking a stock for long enough to cook a stock, you have probably commercially sterilized uh, what's going on inside of that uh, pressure cooker. Assuming that you actually got it to second ring – that it vented off the air that's in it when it was uh, coming up to pressure, because when you're when you're bringing a coon recon up to pressure, you hear, whoosh, and then nothing, right? And that initial whoosh is when you're getting rid of the air, and then the excess pressure inside the unit seals up. That there's a little di- disc thing that seals. Uh, once that thing goes down there 's no easy path for stuff to just fall in, but it 's not a hundred percent sealed. So what I say is it good forever? Eh, not good forever, but would I say you 're good overnight? yeah, yeah i 'd say you 're good. We say is it? again yeah. th- i 'm not an expert in this, but what i 'm saying is yeah. would I feed that to my family? Yes, I would just bring it right back up to the boil, let it boil you 're not remember not killing any spores at that point, but you 're just making it pasteurized again, and then uh, then refrigerate it this time, please come on, right? Would you agree, John? Yeah. Same. Yeah, yeah, I would do the same thing. But, you know, hit up the, uh, hit up the Risky or Not folks if you want to know uh, for sure. But in a closed thing, I'm going to say 100%. Would I serve that to my family? Yes. Yeah. I mean, not even 50%. 100% I would serve that to my family. I wouldn't even necessarily say, by the way, maybe I'm going to poison you. You know what I mean? I wouldn't even bring that up, you know? Because people don't like it when you say that. They can't, like, <laughs> if you say to somebody, unless it's fugu... Right? In which case they, they want it. Yeah. Right? But in general, if you're like small but non zero odd that I'm poisoning you, they're like, it suddenly doesn't taste as good to them. So either you're going to serve it or you're not. Right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's what I said about the uh, chicken cannon that made Nastasia not want to do it with me. I was like, small.
2: Well, no, no, no. I said, <laughs> I said okay, tell your wife, tell your wife that we're going to do this. And you were like, no. And I was like, all right, we're not doing it.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, that's true. <laughs> yeah, I was like, but you know, she cares about me. You want to see me get hurt, anyway. And that's that's not true. That's not true. I'm just messing around, but not really. Anyway, but yeah, Stasi was like, no, I'm not willing to accept small but non-zero chance unless you're willing to go tell your wife that there's a small, but, but my wife. She, it's like trauma for her because after I lit myself on fire, you've never been around when I've seriously injured myself, Nastasia. Yeah, fine. Tell your wife and we're good to go. Yeah, but she has seen me with her matter. own eyes okay. get seriously injured. You know what I mean? So it's different for her. Anyway, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I would not put her through that for sure. Uh, all right. From uh, BS. Uh, Hey, Cooking Issues Team, I inherited a set of copper cookware, heavy stuff, made in France. Uh, I think I'm the third person cooking with it. The liner was freshly tinned recently. That's a freaking miracle to get someone to freshly tin. It's not cheap to get your stuff freshly tinned. You could do it yourself, but I've never done it. I've watched many videos on doing it. Huge, huge P-I-T-A, as they say, and I'm not talking about the flatbread. Uh, Yeah. Um, Heavy stuff, made in France, um, liner uh, freshly tinned. If if it if the tinning wears through by the way on your copper, you have to address it because if you if the tinning wears through and you can see copper and you cook acidic things in it. So like a lot of people, especially on things like jellies and jams, they love the the copper. And you can use unlined copper as long as you're not going acidic, or if the stuff's not gonna be in there a long time. But don't you know, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Don't yeah. yeah. Pay attention to the tinning. Uh, I'm used to cooking with cast iron and applying a lot of heat. Cast iron is the exact opposite. You're talking about opposite, opposite world between cast iron and copper. They are the most diametrically opposed cooking implements that you're ever going to to meet. So uh, I'm used to cooking with cast iron, applying a lot of heat. I've adjusted to go lower temp and built a light patina on the copper pans. It seems like they require a lot of fat, and I'm somewhat hesitant to add anything acidic to them. Uh, well, if it's tinned, it should be fine. Is it okay to finish a dish with lemon or vinegar in the pan? Any advice appreciated? Sure. It's yeah. tinned. Right? That's not what I'm saying, but just make sure that... Although people used to say that the tinning affected the color of certain uh, jellies, right? Like certain anthocyanins and a tin. Aren't there certain reactions? But no. I'm not sure. I don't think you should be afraid of it. Um, copper is a such a better conductor of heat cast iron is a wretched conductor of heat what cast iron does cast iron is like cast iron is like uh a cruise ship right you know it 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 takes a long time to get it going somewhere and once it's going somewhere it takes a long time to get it to stop because it's thick and it's relatively poor conductor of heat right but it, you can store a lot of heat because it's heavy and thick, right? And because little hot spots tend to you know, even out over time, especially – like that's why cast iron is so great in the oven, right? Because it's absorbing evenly from all directions, and it can hold heat for a long time. All right. Uh, it also has a, a very uh, – cast iron is also great in the oven because um, its emissivity is quite high, meaning it absorbs radiation. So if you're sticking your – If you're sticking your all-clad into the oven, right, it's not really absorbing heat that well from the walls of your oven because it's shiny, right? Uh, So that's another thing. Another reason why cast iron is so good in the oven. Uh, But copper is more like a speedboat. It's like – and the the, the energy just goes whoosh. Like it conducts – I didn't look it up before I got here, but it's like – it's a lot Lot faster, it's a lot quicker, so you know it'll come to temperature very quickly, right? And copper's heavy, so it's going to conduct well, but it also because copper pans are usually rather heavy, it's also going to hold quite a bit of heat. I don't really own any thick copper pans. You ever own any thick copper no. pans? But you know what I'm saying, yeah, anyway, yeah, um. All right. Is that an answer? Did I answer that question? All right. Uh, Next question. Any books on dry aging fish? No. Uh, I've been go. I don't know of any books on it. I
1: Uh think Josh Nyland's book has some stuff on it. There's also dry aged fish guy on Instagram
0: to follow. Well, okay. So the joint sea, I go, be going to the joint seafood whenever I'm in Los Angeles. You ever go there, Stas? No. No? Mm mm No. Uh, And they dry-age fish. The stuff is haiku-inspiring, delicious. They use dry-ager fridges from Germany, which are currently out of my budget. I'm looking to make a low-tech version, but wouldn't mind reading up on it first. All right. So I don't even actually, uh, BS, really know what you're talking about, but I'm going to assume that what you're talking about is this. In Japan... A lot of the fish-like gurus that you know uh, I know of and who I met when they came over to do that big kind of cross-cultural hoo-ha at the French culinary back in the day, rip all of the electricity out of their refrigerators and just put block ice into the fridges and then uh, so that the fridges aren't running, and then keep their fridges in that stuff for a number of days, not weeks, <laughs> not like you do for a dry-aging uh, meat. And I know a lot about that. And so the—, the we are poisoned mentally to thinking that the best fish is the freshest fish. No. Every fish has an optimal amount of time uh, to age once it's comes, once it been killed, right? And it depends on how the fish is killed, and it depends on, um, you know, specifically, like, how bad the rigor mortis is, right? So you're not going to be able to age a fish a long time that went into a really, really hardcore rigor, and the rigor was so intense that it kind of, sh- you know, uh, ruptured the muscles. And you and you can see that in a fillet based on gaping. So if you look at a fish fillet and there's lots of like gaps in the muscle as you go down, that's an indication. I mean, it could just be crappy butchering, but it's an indication that the fish went into a pretty hard rigor so much so that the muscle str- the muscle was so tense on rigor that it separated at the myotome area. And you can see that gaping. Right. And so Uh, You know, tuna ages, uh, you know, needs to age for several days, and you don't want it to. And we used to do it. We used to do it, uh, I don't even remember Stas, in the Randells. We would have these Randells, which had almost zero air motion over it. And you could let them, and they'd form a pellicle, but they wouldn't dry out. And they just got really good. And we were measuring day after day. And there's this very easy to measure curve, especially if you're doing. you know, sashimi or sushi, where you just whoosh, take a slice off. Uh, if you really want to do it right, what you do is, is you put a filet in on day one, a filet in on day two, and a filet in on day three, and then you can track them as they go, right? Uh, some fish is best, like, 24 hours after it comes out of rigor. Some is best three days. Some, I mean, I don't think I had anything that was better. I mean, we didn't get whole tunas in, so I don't know what the optimum day on a tuna is. But, you know, it can be on, on that order. So the cheap way to do it is to— um, just do it with ice. That's what a lot of the Japanese chefs used to do back in the day. Is this answering the question? Because I don't know what these guys are doing.
1: I, it's like taking, gently taking the skin off the fish, leaving it whole, and putting it in a like steak ager machine, but leaving it there for a couple of days.
0: That's kind of a similar, yeah. similar thing. Like I, I'm assuming it's like very little air currents, very little removing of the moisture that's in it. I don't know what temperature, what yeah, sure uh, what that, humidity I mean. they're keeping it at. If you know the humidity you're keeping it at, um, consider uh, concentrated salt solutions, right? So uh, let's say you want 77% relative humidity uh – that's sodium chloride. That's very easy. And that's very humid. That's more humid than you think yeah. it is. Um, I have a series, if any, if you tell me about the humidity, I have a series of humidities that I make with different salts that I did for testing um, equilibrium moisture content of different flowers over time. And it's very easy to buy large quantities of salt and have saturated salt solutions in your chamber. And the smaller the chamber, the faster it comes up to that. And if you can guarantee the humidity that you want Then you can put a fan in And it very quickly equilibrates Because you're just equilibrating over the, over the salt solution uh, And that stuff's easily available online And if you have a specific humidity I can tell you what to do Right? Yeah And again mo- Most of these salts are now available Either for like A lot of them are for pool cleaning They're not, you know, pool salts Or like they're, All these salts are available for different things With a couple of exceptions But you probably don't want the ones that are harder to deal with you probably don't need lithium chloride. You're not trying to do freaking Death Valley, are you? No one's trying to make Death Valley in their in their dry ager, right? I don't think they are. Anyway. Uh, from Positive MD, What were the highlights, John, of your Belgium trip, your last Belgium trip? I mean, everything.
1: No, I don't know. I told him to to email me. I sold my Booker Index. Well, that doesn't help know. the people who um, aren't him. I know. It her. Yeah. Um, it's a him? I think so. Uh, But, yeah, I mean, it depends where you want to go. There's a lot of really awesome things to do in Brussels. Obviously, the waffles that changed Dave's life. Um, Did you go west on this one or did
0: you go east on this one?
1: North, like to Ghent. Guess you didn't, like you didn't go. F-
0: you didn't go. You didn't go forest style east. You went like no. I really want to do
1: that next time. I go back. Go down to the Ardennes region and eat everything down there. I mean, from what I remember as a kid, Chambon it was, d'Ardennes. yeah, the Chambon d'Ardennes is one. of... I remember having that my very first time, and I remember visually what that butcher store looked like, and I would love to find it again. Um, it's delicious. It's a really fantastically smoky ham and in that area you can get a lot of like game a lot of boar pheasant, things like that it's really tasty
0: and that liège uh, concentrated syrup crap yeah the but, but, but,
1: sirop de liège yeah yeah the, the like fruit butter that stuff stuff's essentially delicious really good really delicious good. and if you go to liège they have like a sp- specific dish there boulet liégeois which is like a a meatball that's braised in that stuff and served over french fries and it is delicious
0: I have to say I mean Belgians are really good at what they're good at yeah you know yeah. what I mean
1: A french fries basically anywhere are fantastic um, get the hey, did little... you go to
0: that place I told you about in, uh, in Ghent it's by that like two Michelin star guy that has it right on the main the french fr- yeah
1: right across from the yeah, yeah that's did you like it tasty. I yeah. thought they were really good they were really good I mean yeah,
0: like I don't really need good. fancy sauces like it's a lot of fancy no, sauces yeah. but like you know I didn't mind the fancy sauce, but I thought yeah. his french fries
1: were on point. Yeah, no, they were really good. They were really good. There's a really... Yeah, I mean, if you go to Ghent, you obviously have to go to that mustard place, right? There's a great little bar right around the corner from there I can tell you to go to. Yeah, anyone going to Belgium, reach out to me, john at Bookerindex.com, or That Jean still works? At bookeranddex, yeah.
0: All right. Or Gene. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. You're, you're, you're gaslighting yourself on your own name, man. Yeah, it's just... You know, I've just come to... Yeah. Listening to, to your Siri too much? Yeah, I guess. <laughs> I have to. I never used to be able to say your name right to Siri. I'm like, "Hey Siri, call Jean Howl," and then <laughs> she can do it. And I have to mess up Qu- Quinn's name. Get has been like the butchering has been changed re- recently. So now he is. Uh, for a while, he was fusile. Now it's fu- I forget what she says. Now it's something horrible. She butchers your last name, Quinn. Butchers it anyway. Yeah. Have yeah. you? Have you? Yeah. I gotta train my uh, my artificial stupidities to pronounce people's names right, you know. Yeah. Anyway, uh, also weirdly gets Nastasia's name wrong, even though it knows how it's spelled. Demented. That is weird. Demented. It gets Lopez right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, Matt Decker writes in. Uh, we got all this stuff off of the Discord, Quinn.
2: Now, th- th- now we're into the old uh,
0: public questions. All right, all right. Instagram, Twitter. All right, all right. Uh Cocktail question. Uh, while thinking about batching margaritas for easy pour and not shake applications, I went through the process of measuring in grams my favorite margarita recipe, then took the total weight of the drink pre and post shake to determine dilution as to add as to what amount of water to add to the batch. Fair uh, to be able to have it chilled and ready to pour over ice without needing a shake. It came out perfect. Uh, well, okay, without shaking. Okay. Uh, when thinking about this in large application for a function I run into the question of separation if I were to batch this out and put it into a keg would it surely separate before use and shaking the keg prior to every pore is unreasonable to keep up with any tips on keeping it stabilized well I mean how long is the event like I, I don't think it's going to separate that quickly I think it's going to separate like really but if you have a keg like pressurize the ever loving snot out of it so that you get at least some sort of texture when you're uh, putting it into a glass don't is, a margarita needs to have some sort of aeration for it to be as delicious as I want it to be, even if you're pouring it over rocks, my friend. Uh, so I would say, jack the pressure on something like nitrogen, jack it so that you, you know, so that it's like has some force. So if you have like a swirl novel nozzle, not just like a picnic tap, like you almost want to put it through like an EC nozzle to like really aerate it on, on the way out, and. Uh, secondly, uh, I would say chill it more than you think. Definitely salt and ice that sucker. Get that keg down to like minus uh, seven Celsius or so, because it's only going to warm up more. So that's decent, decent yeah. response. All right, uh, Steve DeLeon, hey. Recently opened a bottle of Arby's smoked bourbon as a gag gift. Yes, that Arby's. Obviously, this is not going to be a great thing to drink, so I was wondering if you had any fun ideas or things to hostino into it. Not looking for the most delicious, just the dumbest. My dream would be to blend and clarify one of their beef and cheddar sandwiches with it. I have a spinzall Thoughts? Well, Steve, that's gross. Oh. Uh, spinzall will not clarify meat that has been blended into it, but you can get the solids out that way. So I would say blended in as I've said the most disgusting thing I ever did was uh, a beer blended with a burrito and ended up tasting like a Subway Italian BMT so it is possible but don't expect it to be crystal clear coming out of the spinzel. remember how nasty that was Nastasia, yeah, I
3: wasn't there with you
2: it
0: was a desk thing yeah I wasn't there for the stoners with the burrito where they wanted to use edible tape yeah yeah you did that by yourself, yeah. Oh, geez. Yeah, well <laughs> i leaving. That's good for you. You didn't have to deal with it. Uh, Kyle Stacy, hey, I'm a fan and had one question been bothering me. I'm hoping you can help clear it up. The purple cocktail on the hard cover of your book. What cocktail is that? That was a uh, Purple Cabbage Hustino, that was shaken with an egg white where I was trying to keep the color on the, uh, on the bluer side of purple, even though there was a lot of acidity in it, by dry shaking with the egg white before I added the acid. So it got an amazing color, and I like it, but cabbage drinks are a little bit farty, so I didn't publish the recipe for it, but I like it because I could do a little bit of farty on a cabbage drink, but I don't know that everybody can. Um... Old-fashioned villain, could you go over the praline old-fashioned recipe for the upcoming fall season? Go look up the Any Nut uh, Orja recipe in Liquid Intelligence, you know, whether you steal it or whatever. I don't know, and then uh, do it with pecans, right? And then just make a pecan sour. That, uh, you know, that was Nastasia's uh, thing that she used to make all the time. Correct or incorrect, Stas? Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. What do I have, guys? Five seconds? All right, goulash riot, uh, riot, I'll get to you next time, hopefully, and a couple other people I haven't gotten to yet. Uh, happy New Year, everybody. Happy New Year, crew. Happy New Year. Happy yeah, New Year. Yeah, Cooking issues.